podcast I do. And this is my voice three weeks on the podcast. Okay, yeah, that was that was a roundabout. Love is love. Rise and shine. Also, I think it's funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Ecclesia After Hours podcast, where we talk about all the things relevant to young adults navigating what it means to follow Jesus. Each week, we'll have a candid conversation and offer some practical takeaways on the subjects you bump up against every day. We like to talk about the hard stuff, and we have a whole lot of fun while we're at it. Our heart for this podcast is that it helps you pursue Jesus in all that you do. So let's get into this episode of the Ecclesia After Hours podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Ecclesia After Hours podcast. I'm your host, Kenna, and I'm here with the crew. We've got Molly. Hello. And Josh. Hi there. And Garrett. What up? And today we're going to be talking about Sabbath and self-care. So self-care feels like a really big topic of discussion lately as statistics are coming out about society's depression and anxiety levels. And um, it just feels like it's shocking people into realizing the need for pause and rest and unplugging. Um, And Sabbath is kind of the biblical tradition that puts structure around these things. So today we just want to talk about what Sabbath is and just delve deeper into this idea of quote unquote self-care. So should we just define the difference between what is self-care and what is Sabbath? Where is there overlap and where are there really stark differences? Totally. Okay. I'm going to try to provide, I have this visual in my head and when I kind of think about the difference between self-care and Sabbath and I'm going to try to um, explain it as well as I can. But I think um, kind of like a Venn diagram I picture and I have like three circles. One is Sabbath and then one is self-care that I would define as like the world's idea of Mm self-care and then another circle I would define as like more of a healthy type of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is some overlap in all of those that c- maybe meet in the middle and actually be- become like the the best version of what a Sabbath can be. Um, but I think the hard thing that I have with the term self-care is I think a lot of us in our minds when we hear self-care think immediately of the world's definition of Mm. self-care, which I Mm -hmm. think of as like self-indulgence, like Mm. treat yourself. Like if you see Parks and Rec, like buy a ton of things, do whatever you want. Like, but I need that Batman suit. (laughs) And I need all of the, what are those? The, the bath bombs. Yeah. I was going to say bubble bath, drink your wine and all these things, which aren't necessarily inherently bad in and of themselves, but as an idea of Mm self-care don't actually push us to the rest that, that God has for us. And I think the self-care that is like, and can be really healthy is things like yoga and like taking a day to, um, maybe like say no to some responsibilities in order to like have rest and have intentional conversation with friends or maybe taking a bath. Like maybe that is something that is restful for you in order to like take your mind off of things. But I think that it's necessary to kind of talk about there's this idea of self care in the world that is like pretty focused on indulgence. That Mm -hmm. isn't what brings true rest. So, I mean, that's not defining all the terms, but I think that that is important to kind of distinguish that, there are types of self-care that I would argue actually aren't self-care, but that's how we talk about them a lot. Sure. Yeah. That makes me think of like, 
uh, how, uh, a, like, the square rectangle thing, like, how uh, it's, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles mm-hmm. are squares. Yeah, yeah. nice, and I Josh. Think it's the same thing with Sabbath <laughs> and, and self-care, that, that Sabbath is, like, is self-care, but self-care isn't always Sabbath. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Really true. So the way that I've experienced it personally is, like, like a form of indulgence for me would be, like, go home and play video games for a while or play 2K Mm -hmm. or like watch Netflix or something like that, that uh, can feel restful for a moment, but actually like once I'm done with it, it actually hasn't restored me at all. I feel just as like worn down, worn out. Uh, And I think that that's because it's like a lot of it's about indulgence and it's just kind of like what makes you feel good in the moment. I think like even like you could even make an analogy to like fast food, like (laughs) fast food is something that like, in the moment, it's like, yeah, this feels like it's good. It like tastes great, but then the five minutes after, you're like, uh, that wasn't a very good decision. Yeah, like, sure, that sure, didn't sure, actually sure. fill me up. That didn't actually make me feel better. Like, I feel worse in a different way than I did when I when I was hungry. Like, uh, that I think that sometimes our ideas of self care can have that same effect on us. That that uh, that we think it's like going to actually bring joy to us, but and, and restoration to us. But it's like missing it slightly. Uh, so I think that that's how I would personally uh, distinguish the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I, I, the only thing I have to add to what you two said is that in the biblical tradition, Sabbath was profoundly countercultural, mm-hmm. um, and not not to say that that means that. Like, in order, in order for you to have Sabbath, the thing that you need to do is countercultural. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that it was so different from the way of the world. It was actually one of the most distinguishing cultural markers for the ancient Hebrews. Mm. Like so much so that when Jesus like healed someone on the Sabbath, people were losing their minds. That there's something about the type of rest that it is, and we uh, that there's some something about the the type of rest it is that looks so indistinguishable from the way that the the world operates. That in Jesus's early time, in in the kind of ancient world, people would take vacations, they wouldn't work or whatever. But there was something in the way that the ancient Hebrews did it so deliberately. Um, that they it, it marked them as different from the rest of the world. So much so, like the early Romans, like thought they were lazy. Mm-hmm. Like that was part of the kind of like cultural stereotype of of the Jews is that they only worked six days a week. Mm-hmm. So it was it was re- it's really interesting to hear how language of self care has made a rise, I would say, probably in our cultural moment. Because I think there's just so much that's happening socially with the rise of Me Too, with people being frustrated with the current political landscape, whether that was Obama or or, or Trump, like that there's something that constantly is happening. And and all of that is amplified by a news cycle and a social media apparatus that is constantly bombarding you with with the information. So, so leveraging self-care is a way to disengage from the constant anxiety stream that is coming at us 
from the broader like uh, meta things that are happening in society, but also just from us comparing ourselves to other people around that. That there's something about that that people need, and the only way that they're able to do that is through the ways that they've been disciplined to learn, which is through the consumptions of goods and services that is what how I hear you guys leveraging the point of totally. indulgence. Yep. Like, let me go, the way I'm going to Sabbath in, in the cultural mindset is I am going to purchase a bunch of services or experiences mm-hmm. that are going to... Um, Give, yeah, give the semblance of rest. Yeah. Which, as I think about that, I'm like, why why does that, why is that our go-to when we think, okay, I had a really rough week, it's Friday, like I'm off work or I'm out of school, I want to like just have a free day, a rest day, I'm going to go to the mall, I'm going to like shop, I'm going to yeah. like, I don't, I'm whatever, whatever the indulgence thing, yeah. like whatever your way sure. of kind of doing that self-care, treat yourself thing. And I'm trying to think through like, what, what is that desire that's in us that pushes us to those sure. things? And I think maybe there's an element of, we feel like we deserve mm. because I don't know, because of the things that are hard in our lives, because of the anxiety that we're experiencing, because of the, like rough day, rough week, whatever feels heavy, and the desire ultimately, I think, in all of us is rest, but yes. we maybe don't know how to express that, yes, yeah. or reach that. Right. And I think maybe there's this feeling of like, I deserve to feel better, and mm. I think this indulgence is gonna give me right yep. that right away. Yeah. I don't know. I it's think, really interesting. I mean, I think there's two things to it. I think one, our entire culture is built around the idea that you need to go. T- get things to feel better. Yes. Like, yeah. Everything we do is built to get a job, to get things to feel better, to get a job. Like it's more, 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 more because we're told our, I think our default is to go towards things that, that we consume because it's literally what we're told will help us. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. I think that a lot of us are finding that, 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 that that's not true, but I would also say that a lot of the times our, our, our attempts at rest are just checking out. Yes. Like, I agree. Uh, yeah. That, Going to the mall, seeing a movie, like uh, doing all these things that are like indulging ourselves are actually just a way to check out of the life that you live on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it. Like, um, and I think that that can be done through indulging in things. I think they can also be done. Like, I think sometimes rest is just seen as like be lazy like for escaping. a day. Yeah. Yeah. Like just be lazy and escape and don't think about it. Like, and I actually think both are will give you a, a semblance of rest. It'll give you a yeah. momentary rest. Yeah. But they're never going to give you the state of rest that you're longing for. Yeah. And I think that that's the main difference between what we're talking about as Sabbath yes. and self-care because I think that we're talking about and that the Lord desires for us uh, and will give us is is a state of being restful, like a state yeah. of your mm-hmm. soul being at rest, even in busyness, like right. even in yeah, right. the midst of things. like. And not just momentary checking out of, of reality, but like, no, your reality becomes infused uh, by by your state of being. And I think that that's the real rest we're all longing for, but we don't know how to do it or to get it or to yeah. achieve it. And so we think we need to go do this or to go do this. And it's all seeking something that's yeah. always unfulfilling and emptying. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, and it's, it's a cycle too. Like, mm-hmm. I think... Um, there's, we've been talking about a little bit last week, we were talking about this idea that uh, 
we we store away time to go watch Netflix at night or whatever it is like uh and we're like no I got to I got to just chill I got to hang out by myself for a bit but then we're consuming things that reinforce yeah. Go chase, go chase, go chase. We're consuming things that say, hey, this is the good that life. That give us anxiety. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, give us more anxiety that yeah. say, hey, look at these people. They're living this amazing life. Don't you want that? And so even in our restful time, we're still consuming things yeah. that are reinforcing things that are destroying us uh, as we live our daily lives. Right. Right. So. I, yeah. And I, I think just to expand on what you're saying, Josh, is that our whole, like, uh, there, there's this really fantastic book by a guy named James K. Smith, and it's all about, um, it's called it, it Is What You Love, uh, or You Are, you. it's like, yeah, You Are What You Eat is, is the idea, You Are What You Love. And the idea being that the, the ways that you consume, like leveraging that level, lever, leveraging that idea of c- consumerism, actually inf- creates a, 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 a cultural set of habits and liturgies that, Form you. So, for example, um, purchasing, like most most of how we are formed and experience our life in this world is around the idea of purchasing, that we are constantly convinced that we are at lack. Yeah, yeah scarcity. Scarcity. Yeah. And the way that you feel that lack is you purchase this thing, good, or experience. Yep. And then that does something in you. And then we have, uh, 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 the, it actually gives you, like in your front limbic system, like a dopamine hit. Yep. Like a real quick set of pleasure sensor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you've all heard of the term buyer's remorse. It's like you like yeah. the, fe- the feeling that you get when you purchase something and you walk away and you're like, why did I do that? Well, mm-hmm. you were chasing the, the, mm-hmm. quit hit, the quick hit of dopamine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so, so also, the sa- I mean, like, it's the same thing with like, I mean, it's the same way that social, social media works too. Is yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's quick, quick dopamine. Yeah. Hits, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's All like, the likes, I, yeah, you open it up. Mm-hmm. And, but that is still how we're, we have now been disciplined and trained ourselves to, to look for rest. Yeah. 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 That we have, we're looking for rest, and so the only, so it makes all the sense in the world that the only way that we feel like we can chase that rest is to go purchase things. Yeah. Like, but it's like that same, it's like this idea that we, I feel like we hit on often, is that it is the right desire to have right. a need for rest, yeah. but we are meeting it in utterly wrong ways. Yeah. Which brings up the question, what are the right ways to meet that desire? Like what are the practical right ways? And I think part of that is I think about this phrase to choose what you want over what you feel in a moment to like define and to pre think about what do I actually want? Like I want true rest. I want intentional life giving relationships. I want whatever. And that if even in the moment you don't feel like you want to do what it takes to invest in those things, you've already defined that's what you truly want. And so in a moment, if you don't feel that way, you can say, but I'm choosing what I want over how I feel. Right. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, that's such a like I I want that's such that's such a that's such a great way to put it, Kenna. I I'm choosing what I want over what I feel. It makes me think of I mean a tangible example is going to the gym. Like yes, yeah. No one truly. I mean, maybe some people do, but no one truly. Josh doesn't. Josh doesn't. Clearly, Uh, I mean, just because you just said that. There are people that do want to. Very much so want to be there. That's true. 
the the rare times I do go to the gym, yeah. it's, it's not because I'm like I really feel like sweating a lot right now. Like it's because like I want to feel better. I want my body yeah. to feel better. Like I want right. to like discipline myself so that I can hit a goal that, that way. Like I even think, um, like athletes, for example, you hear all the time that like. Uh, that a lot of the work that they do in and out every day of the daily practice and the daily disciplines and the daily waking up super early and having to um, train more and more like is to get to a spot part that like even if they can't see it right then they're training themselves so that when like uh, when they can get there that they can actually achieve that goal like a marathon runner like uh, people train so that they can hit the goal of running a marathon not because it's like oh i love unless you're molly, unless you're molly <laughs> and then you don't train doesn't. and you just do it anyway yeah. <laughs> half and are for all you listeners <laughs> that's super cool <laughs> yeah i think that's uh, a really good way of thinking of it Kenna. yeah yes i think some um practical ways that i have found in my personal life to experience like even just moments of rest are like first of all honestly putting my phone away um, yeah is one of the biggest things yeah. like I can go through a day and like get to the end and, and be going to bed and realize that I had zero moments, like, maybe the morning, but then like since the morning I've had zero moments of like self-awareness. Almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll be I going through the day feeling. and I'll be in meetings. I'll be in conversations and I'll be like intentional but I will have zero moments of self-awareness where I'm like reflecting and thinking and paying attention to what's going on around yeah. me in a different way. And it's because my my first temptation in those moments yep. is to go to my phone. Right. Um, and putting it on airplane mode or deleting apps or whatever it is, like depending on the day or whatever, that is a huge – that can be a huge shift for me um, yeah. to just like and, – and it's kind of sad sometimes how – much it changes my day because I don't even realize that I just go to it. And I think a lot of us in this culture, like just go to something, whether it's the radio in the car or like turn the TV on when we get home or looking at our phone or sometimes all like three at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like filling that space. And we wonder why we're so disconnected from ourselves, but we don't give ourselves a chance to be connected. And so, um, that's one really practical way that I have found, um, helps me create space for like just connecting with myself and with the Lord and finding moments of rest for sure. Yeah. And there's this, uh, there's this story that, uh, like the story that Jesus tells and the, essentially the, the idea at the end is that that Jesus says is that no person can serve two masters. Um, no person can serve God and money. Um, and the way Jesus talks about it is I think that often uh, uh, the, the, we oftentimes will like spiritualize it like oh no like whatever your version of money is like you right, can't serve yeah. God and that thing yeah. um, but uh, uh, there was oh shoot I'm just I'm blanking <coughs> on who it was uh, he wrote The Divine Conspiracy oh Dallas, Dallas Willard. Willard thank you y'all Dallas Willard when he is talking about that passage He's, he talks about it. And he says, it's not like, yes, that's true. That kind of spiritual version, you can't serve God and this other thing that you hold very importantly in your life. That's true. But also money. Yeah. yeah. But also money. Yeah. And I think that I just want to leverage that to also talk about what Molly says. It's like, there's all these other things that could steal your attention. There is work and school and relationships. And all of those could be causing you stress that you need rest from. But also... 
yeah. put down your phone. Yep. Yep. Like it's also that's so good. That and there, yes. if you're <laughs> hearing that and you feel resistance to that, like let let that push you because yes. yeah. like we can literally become addicted to our phones. Yep. Yeah. We a lot of us probably are and don't even realize it. Totally. And I think that's what's kind of helpful about what you said, Garrett, is like just recognizing the reality that there is like that dopamine hit actually does make you feel better for a yes, second. For a like second. it it actually does. So you know, we're not saying like, oh, when you're on your phone, like that's really not restful at all. Like there's something that kind of gives you that taste and makes you feel that way. Yes. And I think when you recognize that that's true, it actually is almost a little scarier mm -hmm. because you're like, oh shoot, I am fabricating rest or joy or relationship or whatever. Like it does actually scientifically make me feel a little bit better. And that's a little bit scary because it makes you realize what you could be missing out on when you know it's not truly the thing. Right. And it, so, yeah, that is such a good point. Like that, that it gives you the semblance of importance without yeah. it being like yep. importance or restful. And it's really good. I yeah. think, uh, to, for me, this, this relates in like, uh, I think that we think that rest should feel easy. I think that that's a big issue with rest mm -hmm. is because we think it just be easy because it's rest. Um, but I actually think that, that, the rest that we're longing for and that we truly desire, uh, it, uh, comes through some hard work. Mm. Like it actually like yeah. putting your phone down. Um, but, but other things like a lot of it comes down to discipline, like yes. disciplining yourself yeah. to do practices that you know will be restful for you. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I can't tell you what all those are. Right. Like, um, I know things for me, like for, uh, like I've, I've started learning guitar and it's been really restful when I actually play it, but That's it cool. takes some work totally. for me to get up and be like, I yeah. want to choose to go play the guitar now. Like, and it's not like, I know that sound, might sound silly, but it's like, it's not just, there, there's those little decisions that we have every single day that we always have a choice. And it's always this level of like, okay, I can't just sit here and I can look at my phone for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. like, and that's easy. And that's the default. Or I can do that thing that I know is really good for me that I know will actually bring life to me, uh, whether that's going on a walk, what, like whatever it might yep. be like, uh, but it takes an effort to discipline yourself to choose that thing because, uh, because it's not natural and it's not that natural thing. That's just like, eh, I'll just do this. Like, um, because that actually often will create more anxiety over turn over long, uh, long periods of time. Yeah. I think too, a lot of the reasons why we don't, do like when you give that example of like you're learning to play guitar and that feels restful for you. Um, I think sometimes we choose things that we maybe know aren't really restful, but we do them anyway because we, they are more acceptable, Instagrammable. We're good at it. We like, you're probably not great at guitar if you're just learning it. Totally. And I think that can, and like for me, my, the most restful thing I can do for myself, I already know it, is to take a walk alone. But my Enneagram three wing is like, well, that's what is that achieving? You right. know, and I think we're so achievement oriented yep, as a yep, culture, yep, yep. not just Enneagram threes, that we're like, I can't take the time to rest because right. what is that doing for me? Yeah. That even applies to Sabbath because I think what I right. feel about Sabbath for myself and what I hear from others is, well, how do I how do I do Sabbath? Yeah. Like, what do I, what are the things that I need to do? How do I accomplish Sabbath? Yeah. yeah right. almost sounds. Um, and honestly, like I am struggling with that. Like I'm figuring out like, what does Sabbath actually mean 
for me because I think for so long I was just like, oh, Sabbath, does that just mean you read your Bible all day? Does that mean you just yeah. like, pray all day? Does that mean you just all do day nothing? Like, <laughs> what, what do you do on Sabbath? Uh, and for, I guess, a, a question that I have for you guys is what what are some of those things that like you found that are helpful? Like what do right. you do on Sabbath? Yeah, I mean, I th- one thing I think is, is helpful is that um, – to think about is that Sabbath doesn't necessarily mean that you're not putting forth effort. Yes. Mm. It's a good distinction. That it could take some effort. Like going back to like even just the ancient practice of Sabbath, they would spend, so in Hebrew times and in um, like Jesus' time in particular, uh, and he actually even going up until like devout Jews to this day, like you don't, on Saturday night is when the Sabbath starts. Oh, sorry, Friday night, Friday night through Saturday night. Um, all day Friday, you're preparing. You are preparing for um, the next day. You're getting your meals ready. You are getting all your chores done. You're making sure, like if you're a farmer, like you're making sure that the animals have food, like all these different things. Like you are working so that the next day you can engage in prayer. That's that was one of the things that they would do. They would have like the ancient practice was communing with God, and but like I, I mean we're all more nuanced, and I think we all listen to Jesus. That when Jesus says that you know um, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, and so we, mm-hmm. it helps us to understand ourselves and what actually is restful. And so I think that that's a huge point, Josh. That is that you. As with a lot of the things that we've been talking about over these last few podcasts, is that you have to know yourself. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you what is actual Sabbath for you. But here's what I do know, is that it's probably something important. It's not something meaningless. That um, there's this idea. So most of our lives, we live in this kind of realm of like immediate important things. Mm-hmm. We have to continually be having this immediate important stuff. And then we uh, assume that Sabbath is anything that might be immediate but not important, like checking notifications on my phone or whatever, like, oh, that's restful. Or non-important things that are also not immediate like binge-watching Friends on Netflix, mm. right? That we just equate those two things as like, oh, that means that's restful because I'm not dealing with anything important. What I would like to suggest is that Sabbath is actually mm. non-immediate but important work that you need to do. Yeah. Hmm. So whether that's something that is um, a, a book that is is really addressing some of this stuff that we're talking about, whether it's achievement orientation or maybe it's a, a health thing. Like maybe it's like, hey, on Sabbath, I am going to go for this hike or, I, you know, whatever it is, is that what is something important in your life that you are setting out to accomplish and do? Maybe it's a, a growth goal that you have or something that you know that you need to address in your life, but you you constantly feel like all the immediate and important things are are are. are are taking up the time. What God has set up in the rhythm of every week is a, a, a 24-hour period where all of that stuff that you that you didn't feel like you could get to in, in, the, in the week, it's, a, it's an opportunity for all of that important stuff that's not immediate for you to begin to address. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And I don't know. We can't tell you what that totally. is, but you. So you have to look to the Lord to discern that. And, and with that, G, I think you're also like, what brings like what are the, what brings you joy like into that importance like. I think that's kind of what you're saying too. Is like, what do you actually delight in? Yes, that, like you mm. love doing that. You want to love doing that. You like, um, do you, like, do you love going on runs? Do you love reading books? Do you love going on hikes? Like, do you love yoga? Like, whatever it is. Like, but that's the thing you totally. need to know that about yourself. But intentionally, like, and it's not just doing things you love, like, like indulging. Um, it's like delighting in the Lord. It's like presently like celebrating God yeah, that's good. in your daily time and in your daily life. Uh, and having that mindset and purposefully like delighting in him and seeking him. It's not just kind of like, I like this thing and it's just purposeful, purposeless like joy. It's like a joy, like a, you're pointing your, your, your praise in your delight almost because you're celebrating all that God is, all that he's given, all that is around you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love like the word celebration in alignment with the Sabbath, because I think Mm. like one of the first places that we see God model that is after creation and him like looking back and delighting in his creation. Like he didn't need to do that, but he was celebrating and delighting. And so for us, I think one cool practice is to like celebrate the ways that you've been seeing God move. Like go on a walk and like think about the ways that God's been faithful, like write them down, like tell a friend, like if, if that is a practice that is not already in your rhythm, like see what that could look like to, yeah, to like, add that to your ref- rhythm, to like, reflect. Yeah. Reflect on how it is very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also you- want to share this, um, this like thing that Rick Warren, who's a pastor and author, um, he says, divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. And I just think that's a helpful um, like picture of how to build some of those practices of like disciplining ourselves into rest. Like we've been talking about, it takes effort, it takes work to to create rhythms that are different that that bring us Sabbath and rest. So. Totally. Sure. Yeah, that's good. I think too. Like I love that you were pointing out to Molly that. That Sabbath is like yes, it's once it's it's one day a week, absolutely. But there's also like that there's daily choices that you're making because right. yeah. um, one we talked about Sabbath is something that you need to protect. Yes, like like it won't just happen effortlessly. Yeah, like it, like Garrett was talking about, like you need to put an effort throughout the week to have that Sabbath day, and it starts with working hard, like every other day. Like, yes, and putting yeah, in a ton right. of effort and 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 like. Uh, yeah. and not just kind of like sitting back and, and trying to um, hope that Sabbath will happen. But yeah. Like you need to be really, really purposeful about that. Um, and so I wanted to emphasize that too. Um, and I think the other thing is uh, in throughout the week, like also choosing things though that, that are good for you. Yes. Like for example, um, your community group, like showing up to a, to a faith community. Yeah. Like, like there's that temptation, I think, especially with, with young people in our generation. There's always study, always work, get ahead, go, 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 which is like, yes, work hard. But sometimes we're pursuing things that, are gonna, that aren't actually restoring us at all. Uh, and what we need to be pursuing is what, like, even if it's an hour of your day, like, you can take an hour off of studying a week, I guarantee, like, I promise you. Like, having that life that is restorative right. and fulfilling and restful take sacrificing things that that you think is best for you right uh 
But a lot of the times, the things that we think are best for us are actually really destroying us. Right. And I'm not, so I'm not, to be clear, I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't go hard at school. <laughs> like, do all those things, but recognizing it might take sacrificing some of the effort that you really want to put in all the time so that you can experience the most joy and do things that, that are good for you in your daily life. Don't wait, like, to have life three years down the line yeah. and always be working towards it. Like, you can have that today. Right. But it, like, takes choosing that today like it takes showing up at group it takes disciplining yourself to come to a church ecclesia whatever it may be like it takes disciplining yourself to like spend time with god like uh and and often instead of things that you think are better right yeah to that point i mean i think it's kind of interesting because i think a lot of times when this idea of taking a sabbath like taking a true like full day sabbath comes up for people of our generation it it feels like people are like, that's so indulgent. Like, how could I just take a whole day to myself or to be lazy or whatever? But the rhythms of our our daily life throughout the rest of the week, we take a ton of time to do that on our right. phones or whatever it right. is. And so what it what it actually is, is being more disciplined throughout the week to take a truly restful day. Yeah. Um, that doesn't feel indulgent. It feels like I prepared for this. Right. Yeah, like that... It, and and that's the other point is being super intentional with that time. Yeah. Because I think it's like we just we want to have the time but not prepare for it. But yeah. that's just not how right. things work. Right. That if you really want as of with anything, if you really want it, like rest doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. You have to fight for it mm-hmm. because everything else will fight for you to not have it. Yeah. Um, because when you are resting, you're not consuming necessarily. Right. Right. Um, so, so our culture is set up in a way that is constantly asking you to consume. And so Sabbath is the countercultural way that you can say that consumption of the way the, uh, the, uh, of of the resources of this earth are not the thing that ultimately ultimately sustain you, rather the consumption of the of the presence of God is the thing that will establish you forever. So how are you establishing uh, like the the communion with God that will allow you to to have actual life and actual rest? I think that's that's a huge box. Yes. Yeah. That's I just so have good. one last thought. I just want to <laughs> empower you guys to like know and believe that you have the power yes. to, to change these oh, things so in your life. Yeah. Like it can feel so discouraging to think about what you don't have and, but what you want to see change and to feel like, I don't know how to get there. I can't get there. But like, we want to encourage you. We want to empower you. You have the ability to make these changes in your life as you pursue Jesus. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We want to just end with an invitation to do that, to incorporate some of the rhythms of Sabbath into your weekly schedule and to just consider, like we said, you need to know yourself. So to consider what true quote unquote self care might be for you, whether that's a break from your phone or meal prepping for the week or whatever it takes, moving your body or anything else, um, that's going to set you up well, um, to just have a week of making space to hear from the Lord and to serve others well. Um, and we'd love to chat more on this topic and others. So you guys can connect with us on social at Ecclesia Beham on Instagram um, to let us know your thoughts on this episode. And if you have topic requests for future episodes, we'd love to hear those too. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs>